0: Good ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GAA uh, podcast by We are Cavan. On today's show we're going to hear from the Cavan manager Mickey Graham after defeat to are at the hands of Derry last Saturday which condemns Cavan to a relegation playoff. Uh, we'll also hear a little bit from the Derry manager Rory Gallagher um, he spoke to Mal McMullen, guest on our podcast last week over on the diehard service from the Derry post but to look back a little bit on the game with Paul Fitzpatrick from Sports Ed, the sports editor from the Anglo Celt. I'm talking too fast. Actually, do you know what? I think it's it's becoming a habit with me because I'm even listening to myself when I'm talking fast on the radio <laughs> these days. But anyway, uh, Paul, you're welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, I'm going to slow down a wee bit. I think it's the coffee. It's all the coffee. Um, look, a disappointing result of the weekend. Some, as Mickey Brennan calls them, green shoots. That you could see the tempo was getting up. You could see some players. Um, getting to a championship pace with the heat around Kingsman brefney it was more like a championship game. the The big question that a lot of people were saying to me since the game was, with Cavan's squad last year, did a winter championship just suit them, and therefore, the summer championship won't suit them. Where do you fall on that argument?
1: I hadn't thought of that to be honest. Um, but like they always say, winter football is a leveler. So from that point of view, possibly there is something in that, but, um. I hadn't. I hadn't really thought about it. I think. I think the more I think about it, I. I think that ca- as we said in the, on the over in the Die Hards podcast the last day, there is two tiers within that Cavan squad, and last year most of the tier one players were available, all, almost all of them probably ninety five percent of them in the championship. And at the moment, we're missing some of those players. Why is Mickey Graham chopping and changing his his team so much? I think he doesn't know which of the tier two players are the, the leading players if we're going to call them tier one and tier two so i think that's why we're seeing unsettled team selections maybe players coming off early and uh, players coming on and maybe starting the next day coming off connor smith's an example of coming off against fermanagh coming on against longford and um, things like that i think that's that's a factor in it I, i'm kind of surprised by how much doom and gloom is around the county from talking to people i shouldn't be but,
0: uh, you're usually on top of the doom and gloom, like
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at I'm usually the, the main doomsayer. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. Like people are saying that it's a disaster and it's an embarrassment that we're uh, like knocking on the door of Division Four and all that. I think this the circumstances have to be taken into account for one thing. But and the personnel that we've had in the last in the last few games out there, like there's definitely a lot of mm-hmm. new faces. And it's not just the ages of the players on the bench; it's their appearances. So if you take the likes of Cormac Timoney coming on the last day, he's only played a handful of games, two two or three games. It's maybe. Not even a handful. Not even a handful, yeah. it's It'd be a, it'd be a, a small hand. Um, <laughs> Thomas Edward Donahue has probably played a half an hour in total maybe for Cavan. He came on. You'd Oshin Brady on the bench who's only ever played a half for Cavan. you um, keep him McGovern starting and probably his third game, fourth mm, game. Third? Yeah. Well, uh, sorry, third official. Yeah, but it's right, Jeff. Yeah, don't mention the war. Pa- <laughs> Paddy Lynch as well. Um, I'm just thinking of the other players that were there on the bench like, even Stephen Smith was, was named on the bench doesn't have a huge amount of, of experience uh-huh. either, certainly under 10 games anyway so w- once you go into the, the subs bench you're seeing a lot of players there Keen Riley another in his tour game someone made the point to me that we won the Ulster Championship 6 months ago and now we're in transition <laughs> and, uh, Yeah, it was, an, it was a depressing thought uh, I don't think it is the case but I think it looks like that because of the injuries to our first choice players
0: yeah in in part do you, do you know what I was I'm kind of stuck in the middle of, of this whole idea of that the league is just for finding out about yourself and finding new players and stuff like that and the more I think about it I think Mickey Graham is on to something with this and, and you're a big believer in this system the only problem with it is this year is different. Usually you have the league that starts in February and works right through to April and then you have a, at least a month if not 6 weeks before you're in the championship. So all of the momentum that you pick up in the league can usually be gone by the time you come into the championship. You mm. can't you can't maintain it through a down season of 6 weeks. Mm. Um and and therefore I think Mickey Graham's idea is 100% right in that scenario I'm just not sure it's right in this scenario
1: yeah yeah look that's a very good way of looking at it but the, the only thing you could say is traditionally teams have tried to do as well as they could in the league for the most part put your best foot forward maybe try out one or two lads but um, wouldn't even be experimenting as much as Cavan have experimented mm. if this was the first three games of a seven game season we wouldn't have experimented this much you'd have had more chances you'd be saying right look I'm looking at round six I'll try that fella round five this guy gets a run so maybe because it's a totally, uh, totally new setup this year, maybe you just have to do something totally new in how you approach yeah. the league, and that's probably what Mickey Graham is doing. And he's probably thinking uh, it would have been great to to get a, get up, get a crack at Division Three. But in reality, if Kevin had have put put it like this, if Kevin had a beaten Derry last week, or the result had gone the other way, we went into a semi final and maybe lost it. Uh, are you any better off than than if you? beat Wicklow you're, realistically you're no better off you're in the same division next year no. uh, so maybe he got more out of it that way now possibly we were expecting miracles out of cabin or expecting like flick a switch okay we're also champion we're relegated we're terrible useless couldn't kick snow rope win a couple of championship games win the Ulster final we are brilliant and we're going to win every game forever and <laughs> and the truth is it's not like that yeah yeah true
0: true the the, the funny thing also is that I I. I'd imagine the approach to the league this year was dictated to by the fact that you were Ulster champions like if Cavan hadn't have won Ulster last year I've absolutely no doubt in my mind Cavan would have put all their eggs into winning this league you know because they they had to you know mm-hmm. they, they were clinging on to something and, and management was feeling pressure maybe that's the way of, of, of inter-county management at this stage but the Ulster victory also championship victory last year has given mickey the time to do it the way he wants to do it rather than feel the pressure of of of, of the the normal world you know so i think I, I again i i'm still kind of stuck on the fence as to which is the right way to go about it but i definitely i'm not so far gone with the doomsdayers that that this is totally terrible i think if we got out of division three next year then you know, that, that's the most important thing. And, and I do genuinely think, well, Barry we win Ulster again this year, and then who cares about Division 3 next year, yeah. we'll, we'll stay in it because it doesn't make a blind bit of difference. But yeah. it's I, I think it, it all has to be taken in the context of the bigger picture. And that's what Mickey Grimm is aiming for here. He's looking for the the, the bigger picture. He's looking for the players that he can rely on in two, three, four years' time. And I think that that's, that's a really positive thing in one way, because... We don't want flux in management at senior level. We want consistency. Hmm. And Mickey Graham was one of us to title in his first two years. Yeah, two years. So let, let's stick with him. Let's let's make sure that we, we back him and give him everything we can for the time being. So I think it's kind of, at this moment in time, the league is just a league. We beat Wicklow. Disappointing, yeah, we, we didn't get out of Division Three, but not the end of the world just yet so.
1: and it's going to be very interesting and we won't know this for another couple of months but when we, when we look at how league results this year have correlated to the championship it's going to be very interesting to see because you know you talked about about the break like you don't have that six week break but there's still there's still a break um, coming into the championship mm. I'm not sure what date Derry are out but they're going to they're going to just have a, a break of, of a couple of weeks before they go out in, in the championship and they're going to have a lot of confidence and so on but it doesn't I I'm. I was never a big fan of doing really well in the league uh, in the hope that that would correlate to the championship in that season because there's lo- so many times just with ca- looking at Calvin alone where it hasn't like thinking back to Calvin getting to a league final in 2002 uh, and going out and Donegal came along and beat them handy enough in the championship in Brefney Park a um, couple of weeks after that and Calvin were buzzing and had got to the division one league final didn't correlate and we got to division oh. one under under Terry Highland in twenty. 20- 16 and okay yeah had had a good run that year in the championship but still ended up losing by 10 points in the replay against Tyrone own and losing at home to Derry again to bring them up again in the qualifiers and then on the, Matty McLean in 2018 uh, 2018 yeah we got back up and we had a bit of a disastrous championship like um after getting promoted everything went, went wrong a very mm-hmm. bad performance against Donegal uh, in Paris and then went to a mass defence and Okay, gave Tyrone a, a good, run of it in the qualifiers, but like a, He'd th- wicklow beat down. A brutal performance against Darren. It was one of the worst winning performances by a Cavan team. And like mm. Darren got a freakish amount of injuries and players going off that Sent day. Sent off as well. Cavan got too? a fluky goal from 35 yards by Gerald McCarron, who, funny enough, Gerald hadn't scored a goal for Cavan since that until the, the Longford game, and now he scored a goal two games in a row, which is an interesting little stat. Yes, it is supplied by Lockton Egan. Just looking,
0: looking at. Uh, what you're talking about there in terms of Derry and the momentum so they will play their semi-final on the, the 12th or the 13th of June the, the league final if they win that is the following week which is the 19th they then go three weeks until their, their championship game which is the winners of Down and Donegal in the in the quarter-final mm. um, in fact I think it's three weekends maybe it's a fourth week so hard to maintain momentum when you've that big of a gap and you can play all the challenge matches you want bar bar he gets a a challenge match against a Dublin or Mayo or or you know real top quality sides he's not going to replicate what he's going to come across in the Ulster Championship so um, interesting to see how that goes but let's hear from the Derry manager uh, Rory Gallagher after the game on Saturday
2: Rory a Championship style game in terms of chaos at times and action and all those things did it feel like that from your own point of view uh, yeah yeah well you know um, look we wanted to come to the home of also Champions you know with the last two games you know where you know, a very false reading for. I suppose the victories were too too easy to be honest. You know, we knew Calvin and everything on the line. You know, they're also champions, very proud county. They were coming, you know, to try to get get a victory to give them a chance of avoiding relegation and promotion back to the division two. And you know, we, we just brought a I feel a very relentless attitude. We weren't brilliant all the time. We played sometimes brilliant and sometimes average, but it was great. Five 0 up, and then it went five four, and a couple of goal chances missed. Yeah. Was there a concern that? you were maybe going to miss too many chances during that first half? I, it's like the previous games, Mal, you know, to only have one seven at halftime, you know, when we should have had maybe two nine, one ten, one eleven, something like that. We missed two fifties, which you shouldn't miss into that breeze, you missed a number of other chances. So we did, and that was disappointing. Then we think it was a soft goal from our point of view. You know McKiernan can drift in when he's got the matchable at party, but felt probably, you know, Lynchy could have been out, but we'll have to look at it. But look, that's that's part of it. You know, we, we feel we haven't, you know, and these boys haven't won many games in real quality opposition you know, and when you're an emerging team, you have to up up the levels, and you have to play teams that are ranked above you, and that's what we're trying to do, and that's why we were so looking forward to today. And finally, for me here, is um as you're concerned, you didn't win enough of your own kickouts. Aye, but that was going to happen after getting things all our own way. Calvin came with it. You know, very they're, they're smart. You know, the other games to give the team the, the ball. And they went with a big squeeze on at times. And, yeah, that's learning. We, I think we rectified it well at half-time. So we did. So you'd hope the next day when that happens we'll be able to rectify it on the field. Is that the biggest plus that you won from a situation like that? the uh, biggest plus is it's, it's a game against a serious team, you know. So it is, Um, you know, with all due respect to being in the lower divisions. You know, you're not playing teams of that calibre enough and we want to play cabin and we want to play teams, you know, like them and more. Brady's Arva limited.
0: and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. He definitely is... He's the most animated manager I've seen along the sideline in a long time. And I've seen quite a few animated managers, but...
1: He's he's You're a fairly animated yourself. Well, I am.
0: I, I do like a bit of animation myself. I grew up on Disney, and I think it's 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 worth getting the uh, getting the body language out. But he's got he's got it to another level. And even final whistle went, his fist pump up to the cabin subs like um, was 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 very definite and 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 and
1: pointed. Mm. Oh, I was really taken aback, by it. I think Rory Gallagher is one of the most fascinating characters in the G on the GS scene at the minute. Like he, he, is. he definitely is. He, he's sort of a enigmatic character and like he's so well travelled, like it's hard to believe that he's a former cabin player. Like that just <laughs> that's just mad to think. I right. I remember hearing the rumour at the time that I was working for the Cabin Echo, which is long gone. I just started working there. Say that again? I
0: huh? <laughs> the Calvin Echo. <laughs> oh, <Jesus Christ>. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I let <letter> that
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mickey Randall level puns there. Literally a pundit. Uh, yeah, th- I was working in the cabinet at Echo at the, at the time, and I heard this rumor that that Rory Gallagher was gone. he had left Kevin, so he was playing with lot He played one game, I think. He scored That's seven right. points in a league match, and uh, it was
0: a midsummer story
1: yeah basically it was he ended up breaking his hand and and missed the whole championship and he came on in the qualifiers I can't remember who we played but he got a goal actually at the late on. the Cavan were already beaten Uh, so I can't just remember who it was we played but that was all he played and next thing you know he was gone and he was playing I think with St Bridget's in Latchertown and he went back to them so we heard the rumour anyway that he had transferred back obviously to play in the Dublin championship and uh, I rang him he was working for a crowd on Capel Street there was like manpower or something like that Agency, and I, I rang him and i remember he was perfectly cheerful he rang me back and i said what was and he goes oh yeah yeah no problem and i said look, look rory i heard you're you're leaving and he goes i'm making no comment on that and that's it and i was like all right he goes yeah that's is that okay no problem no problem and i thought jesus this, this is a bit funny he he was very cordial quite cheerful but it was like that's it cut me off and i was like fair fair enough like and i've heard that he can be quite chilling uh in his in his uh, when he gets going like yeah. so he's interesting because he's been around so much like he played in Belfast he played that's right. for Fermanagh Cavan there was an awful lot of talk he was going to actually transfer and play for Dublin at one stage that's right he played for St Bridget's and Blanche and um obviously his long association with Donegal where he I think he lives and I think he, I think he was running a shop in Kitty and then now he's managing Derry like it's it's an amazing journey he's had in the G A. and he has that like, and he was obviously an incredibly prolific player himself he's also championship scoring record and he played underage soccer for Northern Ireland as well so he was a talented talented guy but uh, I wouldn't just like to get on the wrong side of him there
0: no no and the funny thing the only real time I ever came across him was was in an under 21 Ulster championship game the goal. Jim McGuinness was over the Donegal senior team I think I've told this story before but basically Jim McGuinness sat beside us um, up in the press box and Rory Gallagher the other side of him and or maybe Rory was beside us and Jim was the other side of him but Jim came across to me that day as as bitter and and you know always trying to run down Cavan Rory came across quite well Um, Jim got up and and said come on Rory let's go at least we know none of those Cavan players will ever make a senior footballer and walked out of the press box remember thinking "You, you absolute spiteful prick yeah. but Rory Gallagher said oh look sorry about that uh, uh, look best of look anyway we see is you know so Rory came across quite quite mannerly and plausible but um yeah that i i, I i've heard a lot of, Do you know you're right in in describing Rory Gallagher as, as one of the most interesting characters because he's nearly created or has this mythical persona at this stage and i don't know whether it's because of his activities along the sideline or are the stories actually true but mm intense is the one word that i've heard a lot of people use to describe to describe him well you could see that
1: like it was just like an all-iron final to him on the sideline yeah there were five points to no score up and got a turnover like a turnover it's not hurling you know in hurling where the players go crazy fist pumping with a turnover and he was giving it the double fist pump i thought jesus christ he's really up for this and um even the way he was talking to talking to his own players like not that he was being abusive or anything but like he was in charge and, and that was it so it was <clears throat> but you talk about a player with that or GA personality with that sort of an X factor about them. McGuinness has it as well mm-hmm. uh, love him or, or loathe him um, and I, I think McGuinness's persona is crafted uh, quite carefully as well but he definitely has a lot of charisma like and he got those Donegal players eaten out of his hand and he did enjoy extraordinary success there but you had the two of them there it, yeah. o- over a short enough space of time like three years uh, four years but It was never going to last. And if you read McGuinness's book, um, he talks about the breakdown in the relationship with Rory Gallagher. And basically, what happened was Jim decided, uh, I think it was after 2013 or after 2014, after 2013, I think Gallagher was gone. And Jim decided that Gallagher could stay on uh, as a selector, but he basically, on any big decision, he had no input. And he went to Gallagher and he couldn't, he writes it like it was quite, quite, he's yeah, it's amazing to read it because he wrote it in such a way. It reminded me of the when Ashley Cole wrote his autobiography about um his agent ringing him when he was in traffic saying they've offered you 60 grand a week and he was a, he was like what an insult to me to a player of my caliber. It was a bit kind of the awareness wasn't there I thought in this bit in Jim against his book but it, he was he, he was writing. he was kind of like you know I couldn't believe that Rory would not accept that. So yeah. so they ended up the relationship broke down but uh, there'll be a good book to be written about the, those boys in the years to come as well.
0: Oh damn right! When will Declan Bow get? It. <laughs> no,
1: not <laughs> a chance. Um, so let's hear from Cavan manager Mickey Graham.
3: He, he spoke with Mickey Brennan after the game. Joined now by Mickey Graham, the cam Mandrick Mickey, you've had time to go into the dressing room and speak to the lads, maybe look at the game as a whole. Disappointing result, but I'm sure you're happy with the endeavour
4: of the players. Yeah, definitely disappointed result. Yeah, you don't go out any game to lose, but um look at it could ask no more. The lads um they gave it everything there today and probably lacked a bit of concentration at certain times during the course of the game, but look it, as I said, you couldn't uh, you couldn't um as I said, you couldn't fault their endeavour. They played right to the whistle, and we could have got something out of it in the end as well. But look, a lot of it was down to our own doing. Um, we, we had opportunities at certain stages to get scores and maybe kick the ball away. We probably should have took a bit more time over ball as well. We had a couple of free opportunities and f- probably rushed them, and you know, at the end, they all come back to haunt you. Yeah, they really do. And uh, you know, One of the things we were talking about off-air
3: is, M- Mickey. You lose a few players and you get a few players back you just haven't had your full complement of the squad to, to to play with, you haven't had a full hand just yet but you know, in the coming weeks I'm sure a few players will come back but like the likes of K- Kieran Brady is a huge loss and I presume he's gone for the rest of the season but it's crucial.
4: Yeah, Kieran is obviously a huge loss, he's been a, probably the most consistent player this last three years since I've come, come in here and um, you know just even have around the squad, he's a great leader, and motivator and he's the fella that goes and grabs games by the scruff of the neck but Look at knowing Ciarán, he's already thinking about how, how quick he can get back. But look at what Kieran's loss is somebody else's opportunity. And, you know, we have a few more lads to come back as well. We have five or six lads returning maybe in the next week or two. So they'll add to it and the competition for places will be heating up over the next few weeks.
3: It was a two-point loss today. I suppose when you look at the, the, the game itself, opening 10 minutes, we gave uh, Derry a, a five-point lead before we got into it. And then the opening quarter of the second half, we didn't score and you get a couple of scores in either of those quarters and the game has changed and it turned on its head.
4: Well that's it you know we probably had a free opportunity right from the word go in the second half and I think we had stuck that on we were giving them fierce trouble on the kick out so you know it would be an opportunity to put a press on them and um, result we missed it so um, they went on then and got got a purple patch but then I felt in the second, the last quarter we really pushed up and went for it and I felt I mean, maybe we could have got something out of it we, we had a couple of frees and we didn't take them, Porik maybe could have got a free to draw the game and sure. them small little margins but look at that will come in time with more matches it's probably just a lack of uh, game management and just being in those situations recently that's it Yeah,
3: The final ball there from Ray Gallaghan into the square he was looking over at the sideline you obviously were listening or watching Twitter and whatever and at that stage I think Longford may have been ahead of Fermanagh which would have put us through what was the thinking? Did, did you just tell him to put it into the square or did you tell him to no. put it over the bar? He was lost or kind yeah,
4: of? well, We were two points down at that stage so we needed to draw so, you know, or needed the win, so it was put it in there, you know. He blew it up very quickly too. So <laughs> but look at um, yeah, look at but you know we had our chances before that to be honest with you. We didn't put it down to that. And as I said, we weren't looking at the other game, this was in our own hands. So, you know, but look at as I said we'll we we'll take a lot of positives from it, especially the effort. I can't fault the lads for that. we're yeah, looking
3: at the situation there we're going to a relegation battle from division three by our reckoning, it looks like it's going to be Wicklow and that game's going to be in two weeks' time. Will you have many players back for that or have you even thought about Wicklow yet? I don't think no, don't think you knew it was Wicklow yet, no, did
4: you? No, no, we haven't talked about uh, Wicklow yet, be honest we didn't even know it was them. Um, our main focus now will be to get the boys all patched up hopefully and get a couple of bodies back and start um, getting them back up to speed as quick as possible. That'll be our main focus. Um, no matter who it was going to be it's always going to be a tough game so as I said, um, it's still early in the season you know, there's only three games in and teams are still finding their feet some teams are ahead of others as regards conditioning and fitness and others are playing catch up
0: i suppose paul um he mentioned it the holiday there and, and what a big loss he was but in speaking about rory gallagher fist pumping up to the stand you you couldn't but notice the Holler's presence even in the stand he's on crutches he's he's you know injured and not going to play this season but he wants Cavan to win so much. You could hear him shouting passionately to get the boys up for the game and trying to try to get lads out from the back as as Cavan were in possession of the ball. That sort of stuff. So he's uh he his his influence while on the field is going to be greatly diminished. His influence won't be completely gone from this Cavan team, Ciaran Holler.
1: No, no, definitely not. And like you wouldn't expect anything different. I actually didn't see Ciaran there. I saw him after the game, but. I'm not one bit surprised by what you what you observe because that's what you expect from the man. Yeah. Definitely. Great. But I, I actually think what and Mickey Graham touched on it there as well. He said it's it's an opportunity for someone else. Um it's going to be interesting to see who comes into that to that uh wing back slot that Kieran has vacated now. Because I think Tim and he's in pole position, but obviously Jerry Smith has to come back and if he's fit he starts. So what do you do there? Will Ush and Kieran go back to the half forward line? Could they try something like Jerry Smith midfield? You wouldn't know because they're gonna to have to to do something. I think Timoney is gonna force his way in myself.
0: Yeah. It's gonna be interesting because for me you're 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 picking your backs now. So your your six starting backs are gonna come from Killian Clark, Park Faulkner, Jason McLaughlin, Ushin Kiernan, Luke Fortune, Kean Riley, Chris Conroy still gonna be in the mix there, Cormac Timoney And then you're you're gonna know that um Stephen Murray is gonna be in or out at whether he starts or comes on in a game. So they're they're the backs as as you'd kinda of imagine that are in, in contention for the place. Any combination of those six I still think is a strong back line. Mm. And therefore can you free up now, Killian the Gunner, Connor Brady are both kind of play midfielders, but they're they're essentially defenders too that they can they can slot into that back line very easily. So does Jerry Smith give you more of an option in the middle of the field going forward than, than Killian or Connor?
1: Yeah, well, that's just something that, that I've thought of there that, that they might do that because he plays there for his club and uh, you know, he, he's big enough physically, robust oh. enough to play around the middle of the field without a doubt and he's classy enough and he's got everything going from Again, I was actually just thinking about him the other, the other day. He's going to, if he's not fit, as I do. As you sometime, Sometimes I'll just be sitting there like bored and bored. I go, what about now? I'll think about Jerry's performance. <laughs> <laughs> <But, laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking about Jerry. and um, No, I was just thinking, if he doesn't play against Wick, though, he's going to have to come in against Tyrone. And Kavanagh are going to have to play really well to beat Tyrone, obviously. Mm-hmm. And if they're if he's playing, they're going to need a massive game from him. So you're going to ask a lad that hasn't played a match at all in six months uh, to come in and play a great game against their own up and all so it's going to be a big ask. But there's and there's going to be a few like that. So you'd imagine they'll, they'll move hell or high water to get some game time into these fellas against. Wicklow. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'd imagine so. I, 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 like the five or six players that, that Mickey was mentioning there to come back in. I presume he's including Thomas Gallagher in that. But you've Jerry Smith, you've obviously Niall Stephen Murray, Jason McLaughlin, Quivin O'Reilly, Michael. Argue maybe you know there's 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 lots of lots of lads that we know have done it in the past for Calvin that are ready to come back into that that squad hopefully in the next two weeks but they're going to have to make the impact over the next two weeks or or definitely Wicklow being the start of it and then whatever challenge matches are between that game and the Tyrone game so like they're going to want to get game time into these players so it's it, it's going to be a tight enough schedule for them
1: Yeah yeah, well, that's what he was talking about there Like that's probably his main aim now is to get these fellas back fit he's got to look at the players that he has for the most part um, and he knows who's moving well, and who isn't. But I think that that uh, there's going to be hair flying at the Cavan in-house games in the next few weeks as well because you you mentioned Kevin O'Reilly there, like hasn't kicked the ball yet. Mm. You know this is a big year for him now back in on the Cavan team. He doesn't want to let this year slip by, uh, because you know he's a player that's rated highly by a lot of people in the county. Cormac O'Reilly, another lad, was in pole position starting in the championship last year. Hasn't kicked the ball yet, and I I understand he's not injured. Um, You've Ocean Pearson there as well. You have lots of players there that you wouldn't be one bit surprised to see them start. Like at this stage, there must be, there genuinely must be. I would say at least twenty five, if not more players, that are are very much in contention for a start against their own. I would say more. You could be talking twenty eight or twenty nine that you wouldn't be surprised. I'd say if we sat down and did a list of twenty eight or twenty nine names of players that you wouldn't genuinely wouldn't be surprised to see them start against their own. Not fellas who might start, but someone who you wouldn't wouldn't raise an eyebrow. Again, like, know. if Kevin O'Reilly or Cormac O'Reilly or Oshin Pearson Niall Murray Stephen Murray any of those guys started it's no big surprise it's no big surprise so yeah. look it's it's all to play for I suppose if they can just get over Wicklow uh, losing the Wicklow is unthinkable mm, uh, completely. We, we, we can't even entertain that we're just going to have to take it that we hope that Kavanagh are going to win that game and that all eyes are now on their own
0: yeah you'd imagine so just to clarify actually Shane McGuigan I I think I said on the on Northern side, a couple of people have gone on to me to say that um I mentioned how Paddy Lynch will hopefully evolve into somebody like Shane McGuigan McGwigan. Shane McGuigan McGwigan's actually only twenty two. He won an Ulster Minor Championship in nineteen or in in twenty seventeen against Cavan, um for Derry, as 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 the full forward I think on that side. I think
1: he, yeah. I think he made his debut. Uh, it must have been. A, 2018, he missed his debut. Then, yeah, right. Jeez, so he is young man. Yeah. He's 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 still a very young player. Very, There's a big future in front for yeah. that player. Very very good player. Yeah. Very impressed with him there the last day. His, his free take and his general play. Typical uh, left footer. I don't know what his right foot is like. We didn't really need to see it much. Before. It's
0: actually good enough. It's it's improved dramatically. Did I read somewhere that he's actually right footed? And he went <sighs> away and worked on his left or something or or vice versa because he scored he scored off both feet at the weekend. Didn't he So a classy, a classy player. Um, So, folks, that brings us to the end of this week's McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Don't forget to check out the Diehard Service where myself and Paul um, look back over the Cavendary game in depth um, on Monday, and I'll be joined by Aideen Coyle to look back over the Cavan Camogues victory over Tyrone at the weekend. A very feisty affair as Jimmy Greville's ladies made a tree from tree in the Littlewoods League, and we are also joined by Jerry Moen after their victory the ladies footballers victory over tyrone at the weekend up in tyrone so they've made it two from two and have Armagh to look forward to this sunday in Kingspan brefney hope you have a good week and enjoy the weekend of sport
4: yes it was great yes it was great yes it was great stuff and larry
2: has put it over the bar
4: it was hard fast football after that You're in Carvanesia.
2: was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for kevin to get come back into the big time
3: it's over the lap, and Cavan are not buried yet. Have them
2: doing all they could to hold their lead.
3: To Gerrit what a goal! Oh, yes. And over the bar, Fintan
4: What a day he is having. Oh, this is brilliant by Cavan. Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah. <laughs>